is gonna be a fun episode to edit because honestly like i have a feeling i'm gonna laugh while editing out the like parts that we can't keep in because it's just like <laughs> i know how how drunk are you like zero to ten right now? i am like a fucking six I'm like That's scaling my way up okay we're no. like mid episode it's fine okay if you think it's not bad then i'm like an eight because i feel i feel like i need to tell you i'm an eight <laughs> Is that so you'll stop or is that so like, or is that like a genuine like? No, bitch. I'm so excited about Demon Dick. I can't, like, I've got to talk about it. Okay, talk about it. Tell me what you, <laughs> say what you need to say. No, you've got to go through your part first. I have a whole thing of Demon Dick on next episode. <laughs> I need to stop. I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm interrupting you. Okay, this is great. <laughs> That was the intro, just so you know. <laughs> Welcome back to the Booked and Boozy podcast. Your witches. It it's almost like it's a full moon in itself tonight because we are motherfucking on one, okay? Like this book, Kingdom of the Wicked that we are bringing to you today, guys, it has made the top 5 list. Just FYI. So be prepared For us to not only simp our fucking hearts out, but literally beg Carrie, the author of this book, to be in a coven with us. Um, That's how this episode is going to go. But it is your co-host, Jada. And Brooke. And yeah, I can't agree more with what she said. Like, we are so obsessed with this book. Like, it has just checked all our boxes for, like, anything we could ever want in a book series. And, like, Honestly, could it come out sooner? Like, hey, Carrie, can, can we get, like, a pre-release? <laughs> yeah, can, can we, we get you up for a pre-release? Because I need it now. Like, I promise you, Carrie, like, we are literally, like, on every platform shoving your book up people's asses right now, okay? Like, we would be your best friends if we got a pre-release, okay? No charge, <laughs> clearly. Like, you should charge us. <laughs> <laughs> doing all your marketing um so you're not gonna have to lift a finger (laughs) yeah we're just honestly obsessed with this entire book it is just we keep saying things over and over but yeah it's everything so we're really excited about this episode all right so let's start off with what are you drinking today jada i am drinking a recipe straight from this book today It is Vittoria's Sangria. It is found on page 26 in this lovely book. It calls for blood oranges, limoncello, red wine, one bottle of Prosecco, and a sweetener. My limoncello definitely had alcohol in it. So in combination with three bottles of alcohol, um, I'm feeling myself, bitches. Like, I am feeling myself. Brooke, what are you drinking today? So, <laughs> are you going to tell the truth? <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I was yeah, going to say the same thing. Like, I saw this recipe in the book, and I was like, hands down, this is what I'm going to do for the podcast. But it was raining today. Brad had my car. He took it somewhere because his car has, like, zero traction. And by the time I was ready to go out and, like, get my supplies, I had no car to take. So, um Unfortunately, I didn't get to go get the ingredients, but I really want to try this one. So I'm definitely going to be doing it for book two. What I am drinking, though. 
So I had a huge like brain fart yesterday. I was on top of the game. I was like, I'm going to get my drink supplies. It was yesterday. It was the day before the pot. I was like, I feel ahead of the game. And for whatever reason, my brain was like, yeah, we're doing the sequel to uh, Throne of Glass. <laughs> you know, I should have said something after you said, what are you doing for Nahenia? <laughs> I asked her yesterday because I went and got my Selena drink recipe, like ingredients. And I'm like kicking myself because like how fucking stupid. We haven't even read the sequel to Throne of Glass yet. It's just <laughs> it's literally just because part two of our first episode was coming out tomorrow. And that's what was on like the forefront of my brain. And I was like, yes, that means I need to get the ingredients for Throne of Glass. <laughs> I don't Honestly, know I kind of find it hilarious. It's okay, though. It is. Oh, it's definitely a me thing. Like I, I'm not surprised. So what? (laughs) No, what cracks me up is the fact that you were ahead of the game. You literally went out the day before, and you were like on top. I was like, damn, this bitch is so fucking on top of it right now. (laughs) And I was listening to our podcast, and I think that was part of our like my problem. (laughs) I was listening to Throne of Glass Part One in the car. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you literally went through and got all the separate ingredients. And like thought about Throne of Glass the whole time while you were in the alcohol store. Just like <laughs> sets me. It just sends me, guys. There were no red flags in my brain. I was like, yep, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh, God. So stay tuned for our next Throne of Glass episode. Clearly my brain isn't working at all. So rip this episode. Damn, this is going to be a good one. good one, guys. Buckle the fuck up. I can't even talk, so buckle the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm not even on pain meds anymore. This is just raw broke. This is just my brain. <laughs> our first poll that we put up on our Instagram today was, if you could only read one for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Witches or Fae? Unfortunately for this book, because this is a heavily witch-based book, our witch people only got 15% of the vote, and our Fae people came out on top at 85%. It was a landslide. <laughs> like, literally, like, I'm talking, like, that 15% was, like, five people. <laughs> Maybe six. <laughs> to be honest and on the real like I agree with you guys because I love witches like you will catch me reading anything witchy all the time if I had to pick one I like the concept of fae a little bit more because that way we have like men and magic and it's not just like women usually like with witchy books it's just the women that have magic and I, I like a little like I like a little spice on my men and plus like with Fae books, you get like a dynamic of dark and light, where with witches, it's usually just like a really dark theme throughout and pretty much everything you read, everything's really dark, at least in my experience. With Fae, you have like, oh, it's spring and it's summer and like you have like a really like elven ethereal side and then you have like a really dark side as well. So you kind of get like the duality. What about you? I have to agree with you. Like you guys know how fucking witchy we are. And I love dark themes in books. Like, I'm obsessed with it. However, it's so hard. Like, I'm pretty 50-50, but I feel like if I was forced to choose, I would choose Faye. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that because I love witches so much. And I love dark magic, but... They are just like is. witches with pointy ears. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of like I'm not necessarily giving up one full thing. 
Right. You're still getting magic, which is the premise of both. You're just probably not getting like hell and demons and that demon dick. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're going to talk about the demon dick um, throughout this entire episode. So prepare yourself. (laughs) Literally, I'm like, have you seen the um, crystal dildos on Instagram? No. Not not plugging myself, we can kind of take this part out, but I have an Instagram page called October Grace where I completely devote, it's a fall, but I follow all my witchy pages on October Grace just to kind of separate it. And um, there's this one girl, she like makes like these beautiful little spoons, you know, that you can do your little spells with, like I'm completely obsessed, like all the crystals. Um also like on her website and her instagram page she has like quartz dildos and um man i don't know why my brain connected with it so much but if i really wanted to summon a demon dick in real life i could use (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't want that demon dick like wrath where are you where art thou surprised you've not seen it let me send you one right now no i'm just familiar with the dick soap no honey there's like a whole world out there (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i want to be a part of that world appreciate that world from like afar (laughs) yeah like i mean the respect i have for someone who took the time out of their fucking day to make a quartz dildo okay like the respect is high do you want pink or clear? Pink. Or black? <laughs> oh, oh, that is detailed. Yes, it has veins and everything. That's like unnecessarily detailed. I was picturing like a, just like a straight. They do have those um, here. There, here's one. <laughs> That's not even a dick though. That's still a dildo? Um, well, I promise you people put them, you know, inside themselves so i think it counts <laughs> imagine selling something that people do that with please never stick any of our merch in you that would be oh, cold as fuck yeah like how does that work i mean i don't really want to know you know unless i'm actually trying to summon a demon we'll see how far i get <laughs> i feel like she's already pretty fucking close <laughs> If like, I feel like this is the closest I've gotten her to maybe even consider doing a Ouija board sesh with me. Yes. Possibility of demon dick? Find <laughs> me up. This beautiful book starts out with a quote. And when I tell you I opened up this page, it was all black. And this quote was in white letters and there was like floral on the page. I was moved. The quote is, if I cannot bend the will of heaven, I shall move hell. And this sums up the book perfectly with our main character. Then I flipped the page and I saw a motherfucking prologue. And I was like, bitch, I can't do this. (laughs) I don't know if you know this about me, Brooke, but I hate prologues. I hate epilogues. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want it. Yeah, I generally steer away from them too, but like you, you get a book and you get what you, you're dealt and like, are you just going to skip over it or do you usually read them? Is this the first time you read the prologue? I <laughs> <laughs> love how you asked me that. Normally I skim it, but I actually read it because the first paragraph was really 
nicely wrote and it caught my attention. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I generally skim those parts of the book because I hate it. So there's that. Just like, give me the story. Give me the motherfucking story. So Kingdom of the Wicked. It starts out with us following two twin witches, Vittoria and Amelia. They both have amulets that they wear, one silver and one gold, offering a balance between light and dark, a gift for what had been stolen all of those years ago. And I quote, for those of you who have read the book all the way through, which hopefully is everyone, as above, so below, right in this prologue. If you haven't read this book and you're listening to this podcast, leave now and go pick up this book and read it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and curse the episode now. If you're leaving, it'll just go ahead and stop. I mean, if you haven't read it, it'll just go ahead and stop. Because <laughs> you need to read this book. It is so dang good. Don't let us spoil it for you. So all we really come to find out about these mysterious amulets is what the girls know. And that is that they are a product of magic and two, they must never touch or it was said that all hell would break loose. And um, what did they do? (laughs) They made them touch. So which of course, two eight-year-old girls and our little spunky Vittoria just casually decided to clean it together one day. Shimmering lavender black light explodes and they literally never speak of it again. They're just like, okay, that happened. We're just going to pretend we're going to black it out. I was um, like, where are your parents? <laughs> <laughs> the fate of the world rested in my eight-year-olds. I would never leave them alone. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Here's the responsibility here. And also, powers awoke in, like, each other that day, and they both didn't tell each other, like, the entire time that they, like, awoke in something in themselves that night. They were just like, yeah, we're just going to pretend this never happened. <laughs> Literally, until... Someone ends up dead. So starting off into our storyline, it picks up 10 years after this mysterious event and we are introduced to see in Vine, a place that I 100% wish was real. It is a family restaurant that is owned by the girl's family and it is the very reason why I am starving this entire book. We had pasta tonight, both of us did, because we were like... <laughs> fucking Italian after this read (laughs) right like and me and Brooke were kind of talking about this earlier before we started the podcast but I am truly amazed at how the author integrated all these details of food and wine so well it feels like it's pieces of the family that I am learning about and it does not feel out of place whatsoever it's like a recipe book with a plot and yeah it doesn't feel out of place it feels like perfect it's just like the perfect little touch We meet Nana, a know-it-all, tea-sipping, bad bitch witch. Legit, anything she said, I was like, okay, bow down to the queen because I already know she's woke as fuck. You know how I feel about the tea-sipping characters at this point. And Nana is the almighty, okay? When Nana's on edge, I am on edge. Victoria is out doing goddess knows what. And she says to Amelia, one day I hope you'll take signs from the goddess seriously bambina she later goes on to say that she knows the signs of the excuse me while i mispronounce this (laughs) malvagi (laughs) that's what i said (laughs) 
All right, we're going to go with it. If this is the mispronunciation, please stay. Don't run. Um, this is Demon. normal for us. <laughs> the demons. demons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the demons and that they have arrived and have come to collect. Amelia was waving her off because apparently her nana like does this all the time. This was until her nana said, well, which bodies have been found? Specifically, these star witches and that they are coming for a blood debt. I was like, okay, Miss Nana, you got my attention. Um, And it got Amelia's too, because, you know, like I said, Amelia was really just like writing her off. But as soon as she was like, someone's dead, she was like, okay, like red flag, but you know, I'm not going to like jump just yet. Okay, I'm going to pause right here. Um, Do you want me to tell you that I pronounce it Nona at this point? Uh, Do you really pronounce it Nona? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Because I didn't want to start saying Nona in the second half, and you'd be like, bitch, you didn't tell me. (laughs) No, I'm glad you told me now, but... I don't know if that's right. I'm just saying... Well, you know how, like, in the South, in the South, we say Nana, right? That's usually, like, N-A-N-A. Like, Nana. Yeah. Nona? Okay, guys, well... I watched Victorious growing up, and, like, Sam's grandma's name was Nona, so that's probably... I mean, not Sam, Kat. Ariana Grande. Her grandma's name was Nona. That's probably why I say that. Okay, we're going to go with Nona from now. I actually like that. So it might not be that hard of a switch in my brain. While they're cooking in the kitchen at Sea and Vine, we meet Antonio. Is it Antonio or Antonia? I mispronounced that I misspelled. Okay, so we meet Antonio, Amelia's sinful little delight in her mind. And not only that, but he is a brother, okay? <laughs> Literally. He is a father. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. One Everyone people delight. <laughs> One of those people delight. We don't fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, he's a delight, bitch. Like, so, but still, like, I felt the tension. And honestly, like, we'll f- like when we first got into this book, I was like, okay. Like, so I was trying to, like, imagine what was happening because we saw the fan art before this. I was like, okay, definitely, like, Victoria is going to like go to the dark side and get some demon deck. And then Amelia, our little softy ass bitch, is going to turn this motherfucking brother to the dark side. I was like, yes. <laughs> Did not happen. <laughs> Could you see it though? <laughs> I saw no, I kind of I kind of figured that. I read the back of the book, and I know Jada doesn't usually do that to the book. I over, don't. So I knew Victoria was going to die. Really? Until, like, yeah. That it was says a surprise to me. No, it says it in the synopsis. So I knew she was going to die, so I was like, no, like the main character has to be wrath. So it didn't surprise me. At first, I was just kind of like, ooh, this little forbidden love. Like, I kind of like this, but I knew it wasn't going to last. See, this is why I don't read the back of the book, because I was thrilled at this point. I was like, wow, like, I see things happening here. <laughs> You're just going blind, blind. Like. I, I always go in blind. I hate that fucking shit. I don't like reading the back of the book. Like, fuck it. But like I said, honestly, I wouldn't have been mad about it. But they are hurting and making small talk while they were in the monastery, which is where they went because she's preparing food for the brothers. Victoria's sister, I mean, Amelia's sister, legit, acts like a fucking demon and scares the shit out of Antonio he is like back demon he's like got the cross out he's like in the name of the Lord back the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) 
makes me think of that meme from that movie. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> it's not that compelling. <laughs> oh, it's like, the power of Christ compels you. Really? <laughs> really? Is that what we're doing? It's not that compelling. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so that was in our minds. To make up for her antics, Victoria makes the very drink that we are drinking today. And it's probably the reason why I'm going to be hungover as fuck tomorrow. Our little sangria. She did did this to make up for embarrassing Amelia in front of her saucy little dream over there, the brother. Victoria says to Amelia after questioning, uh, after Amelia was questioning where she was, and she said, I was summoning the devil, an ancient book whispered its secrets to me, and I've decided to take him as my husband. I'd invite you to the wedding, but I'm pretty sure the ceremony takes place in hell. And apparently that was a very Victoria thing to say. So her sister didn't think two things about it and just eye rolled at her and was like, girl, get out of my face. Probably a cry for help. It kind of, I don't know if it was a cry for help or, because you know how in the prologue, Victoria is so obsessed with like dark magic. Mm -hmm. Like maybe she was drawn to that originally and then decided to kind of try and go a little bit outside of what pride wanted. But I don't know. I have no fucking clue. We We need some more backstory on this, which I feel like we'll get in the second book, maybe. Yeah, I agree. Especially Especially when we're going to actually meet Pride. Right. But Victoria the next day is like, I know we're busy with C and Vine, but peace out, (laughs) A-Town. That is the last we hear from Victoria. Because of course she didn't return. I was like, I was shocked, okay? Like I said, I didn't read the back of the book. But Amelia went to the monastery to look for her. And she immediately feels what I call hashtag bad vibes. Okay, like, I get it, Amelia. I go somewhere. I get a a little creepy crawly, and I'm like, bitch, I'm motherfucking out. I'm not going in. I don't want to investigate. I'm going back the fuck out. (laughs) Still need you to come to my house and inspect my ghost. (laughs) Yeah, I really do. Honestly, like, I don't know. Like, I've never seen a ghost, but if I get bad vibes, I'm like, bitch, I'm the fuck out. Like, I'm the first one out the fucking room. I'm not sure if I want someone to come into my house and be like, (laughs) bad vibes. (laughs) Then I just have to live there, you know? (laughs) She's like, I'm paying a mortgage. I can't just move. (laughs) Oh, God. As she goes further into the monastery, something quietly began calling to her, and she came upon a man in fine clothes and a body like a Roman warrior. Why is my fucking sex voice on point tonight? Can you tell me why? <laughs> We're trying to bring it out because it's just so dry. Anyways. <laughs> Keeping it interesting. Like I said, the fan art, right? So like I immediately in my brain was like, bitch, I can get past this. I was like, I can totally get past this. He drank her sister's blood. What the fuck ever? It's fine. <laughs> I was like the main character is gonna look past it obviously i am about to show brooke a video of how i imagined this man sampling her sister's blood um because i know brooke has not seen this movie it is the devil all the time it has robert pattinson in it and a bunch of other men that are very good at playing villainous characters by the way it is not for the faint of heart but i'm gonna show brooke a tiktok that i have saved on my phone that is in this movie of exactly how i saw 
this in my mind. Well, I already know how exactly I pictured it. So I'm going to send something to you too. Well, I promise you it's probably the same. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, yes. (laughs) I agree, by the way, from the picture you just sent me, but I will have you know that you will 100% um, agree that the video I just sent you was a little bit, a little bit more of what we are talking about. If you want the video, you know where to find us. DM in that fucking Instagram page. You know what I'm talking about. We always pull through if you ask. <laughs> okay. Oh, same energy. Same energy. Oh my fucking God. Same thing, different shape, bitch. (laughs) And the funny thing is, that's like like chicken tenders, chicken tender gravy that he is sampling. Yeah, I was like watching it, and I was like, that is some KFC. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how we. That's how I imagined um, him sampling her blood. (laughs) Give me a sec. I need a sip. Hold on. No, I haven't even tried this yet. Ugh, bitch. It smells like alcohol, doesn't it? I can see it on your face. (laughs) All right. So now that we have derailed, basically she looks at him and is like, bitch, get the fuck out. And like, even though she's scared to death, he still leaves. He disappears. He leaves a dagger behind that she takes. And she walks up to what she finds is her sister's body. A mirror image with her heart tore out. I was really sad, man. I was like, what the fuck? Because like I said, I went in blind and I was like really imagining Amelia and Victoria as like me and Brooke. Oh no, here we go. And Brooke said the same thing. Okay. I Snapchatted her. I was like, I thought we were going to be like Victoria and Amelia. We were going to be like twitches, like bitch sisters. Like, (laughs) so you were devastated when I died. And like, yeah, we're going to talk about who we thought was which in our discussion. But okay, I put my part out there. So stay tuned for part two of this episode. But actually, no, I wrote something that I can't um, not put in there. Never mind. Motherfuck that. Okay. So yeah, bitch, I was sad. I think now her death was necessary because I like wasn't really expecting her to stay dead, you know? I like kept waiting like, okay, is like she going to bring her back to life? Like anything is possible in like a fantasy novel, you know? I was like, is she just going to come back? Like, I don't know. Is this person just collecting hearts? Maybe something can happen? No, she was like, literally she said it like three times that her sister was dead, dead. And I was like, no, she's not dead, dead. Like, she's coming back. Like, I was devastated because, of course, I wanted, like, the Jada and Brooke themes throughout this book. And um, 10 out of 10, Brooke is a much more adventurous witch than I am and will get killed. And I have here, which I'm sure you're reading this right now, Brooke, um, I don't even want her to try and argue with me because I may have a tarot deck. I may have my pendulums, but homie i researched that shit first and brooke is just out here in her house hey there demons it's me yo boy boy. (laughs) at buzzfeed unsolved (laughs) hey there demons what's up demons that's actually brooke (laughs) literally i'm just like talking in my house like a fucking psychopath 
So I know you guys probably thought that I was Victoria, but actually when it comes to that type of shit in real life, I'm like, no, bitch, no, I'm feeling bad energy. I need to back the fuck up. And Brooke is like, what's up, demons? <laughs> I'm gonna name you Gerald. <laughs> Summoning the devil? Yeah. You are welcome in my <laughs> Victoria is definitely like Jada's like, type like she's like when you picture jada as a person it's like victoria but then like as far as like how adventurous we would be if we were witches i am definitely more victoria yes amelia but i'm more amelia's personality and she's more victoria's personality i don't know if that makes sense no it does it makes sense it might not make sense to everyone else because amelia you know she's like in the kitchen she's like coming up with all these recipes she's (laughs) like like i feel like it's very like enchanting and like that's like brooks like theme like I imagine her just roaming around the kitchen, you know, razzle dazzling, watering her plants, cooking up a cannoli on the side. Like that's how I imagine Brooke. However, when it comes to the witches and the dark arts, we have the personalities, but we just flip flopped in this book <laughs> and in real life. <laughs> yep. I can be real light, but I can also be real dark. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's sad that I'm the one that's having to hold you back. You think I would be the one to be like, yeah, bitch, let's go. Meanwhile, she's over here secretly with her pendulum. She's not telling me. She's like, demon dick. No, I am not. Actually, don't give me fucking ideas. I could spell that shit out. I just want to see what happens. If I had a pendulum, I'd 10 out of 10 like be asking a questions. Which is exactly why you would be Victoria. <laughs> proved your point. Yeah, so again, another derail. Sorry, guys. Like, we love this book. But anyways. Just on chapter five. Yeah, I know. I didn't write that much, though, to be honest, for the first chapter. So we're okay. Amelia walks back to her house to tell her family about what had happened. And she already thinks that she is losing it. She hears, little witch, all alone, memories like hearts can be stolen. He wishes to remember, but only forgets he's coming here soon. And like, literally guys, anytime I bring up a quote, I think it's going to be something that's going to be really important by the end of the book or with the next coming book, because she left us on such a cliffhanger. Her and her family begin mourning. Her Nona is convinced it was the devil. She says the devil stirred the seas and made the sky bleed. What more will convince you, Amelia? But M as she does for the majority of the book, is always looking for a different angle. Many weeks after her passing, she realized that she had forgotten about the hidden floorboard where Victoria kept her secrets. She grabs her diary, which she had only done once before and really regretted it, but this time she tries to open it. But her sister had spelled it with dark magic. She goes to a dark magic practicing witch caroline to receive answers but as soon as she showed her she said in quotation nothing of this realm will do what you seek its very presence calls to them she also shows her the sketches that she found under victoria's floorboard and carolina immediately recognizes it as a summoning spell. This very moment right here, we kind of went zero to 100 because she looks at her sister in that monastery and says, I will avenge you no matter what cost. However, literally like at this very second in the book, it goes from zero to 100. Like it goes from this cute little sea and vine twitches, pasta recipe, and then 
literally it was like end quote a demon i could control was the answer to a prayer i was like okay all right we're going straight for the demon shit sounds great <laughs> she just snapchatted me after she read this and she goes ah yes a pisces I was like, what? And she was like, this is how it goes. We're all cute until you fuck us over. And then to the dark side, we go. <laughs> no, seriously. If you're ever, ever wondering what it's like to know a Pisces with trauma, which <laughs> arguably is every Pisces, <laughs> or they will claim to be me butchering my own fucking sign. But like literally a Pisces with trauma, that's why you see them on the list with serial killers. Um, this is what happens. Flip <laughs> <laughs> the switch. <laughs> So bitch goes to the darkest ass cave she could find by herself after her sister's murder. I'm like, buddy system ho, okay? Like, and she goes to channel the earth's power into her own. Cool, but scary. She got her black candles, her fresh fern leaves, animal bones, animal blood, and some gold. Oh, and the dagger of the demon that was the finger licking um, chicken. Good. <laughs> finger licking good of her sister's blood. <laughs> She didn't want to offer the demon any chance to escape or harm her, so she's decided on a chant that translates to bound forever in eternal protection. I've got my titties in the notes, which are supposed to be eyes, because titties on hard, bitches. We need to be on full alert right here, okay? This is importante. <laughs> Why am I fucking on one right now? <laughs> I don't know, but I read your note and it was like titties on hard. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> titties on hard from now on, bitches. When I say this in a podcast means you need to be on the fuck alert, okay? If your titties get hard, <laughs> okay, you should be stressed. <laughs> we're copywriting that. That's going on all of our merch. All right. DM us a message if you want a titties on hard t-shirt. <laughs> Booked in boobies. Booked in boobies, bitches. Again, zero to 100, homegirl is like, it's not enough. And she drags the blade, the blade that she thought at one point killed her fucking sister over her palm, metal glowing. She's like, fuck it. I guess it's magical. We're going to razzle-dazzle, sauce it in like, like my fucking cannolis and put it in the circle. And then a phantom breeze carried in our tall, dark, and handsome muscular demon with gold skin and shimmering ink on his forearms. In quotation marks, his beauty was an affront to what evil ought to look like. Bitch, no, evil looks like that, honey. We love it. And she realizes then that she had summoned the very thing that her Nona had told her to stay away from her entire life, a demon prince. And despite that, she got the balls to say, I'ma kill you, ho. Not only that, she went straight in for the motherfucking kill, punching the living shit out of his rock-hard abs, and he just stood there like a rock. She said, I didn't care if I bled myself dry, if I took him to hell with me, and how fitting, babes, for the very ending of this book. He says over and over to her, what spell did you use, witch? And then out of nowhere, gold light flashed over her arm. It disappeared and turned into a tattoo. Pale lavender, twin crescent moons, 
laying sideways within a ring of stars, and the same appeared on the demon. She had marked him. Also, what fucking taste this author has. I know, it's like, that is not, that, I would not be mad about that tattoo. She has got taste, and I am here for it. Not this tribal ass fucking tattoo that Tara has, I mean, Farah has on her I arm. I was literally thinking the same thing. I was like, that's ugly as hell. <laughs> I fucking can't. Like, in all the fan art, I'm, like, literally, like, no offense if you have a tribal tattoo. Like, you know, it means certain things to certain cultures. Like, but holy shit, the way it's drawn on Farah, I'm, like, it does not fit the ticket. She was, like, I love it. I'm, like, I'm sure you do. (laughs) And then later in the book, she's, like, change it. eye on her palm i'd be like change it too (laughs) jerking rice off with my eye palm that must work out for him pretty well (laughs) we find out this demon that is in her circle is the prince of wrath general of war and one of the feared seven i'd be like okay she mocks him But he says, one day you'll call me death or daddy. But for now, wrath will do. (laughs) Oh my God. She immediately confronts him. He's like, why? And she's like, why did you kill my sister? He denies it. And she was like, you licked her blood. You disgusting piece of shit. Why? You licked her blood like Kentucky Fried Chicken. All he says is her death was inconvenient, but she made a bargain with my brother. I came to collect on it and she was dead. And this caught her off guard because she was like, listen, I know my sister was like kind of on the dark side, but I didn't think that she was going to actually like make a deal with the devil himself. She then exchanges to him the exact wording of the spell and in quotation marks for a second, he didn't appear to be breathing. He stared at her, his expression close to horror. The fiery tension unleashes at this moment, and we get it for the rest of this book with no fucking release, bitches, so just strap your titties on in. He offers her a blood trade and says you'd be the last creature in all the realms combined for me to want you, witch. And I'm like, number one, homeboy, that's like not the way to go about it. Not that she was going to take you up on it anyway, but like when he says this, he is like so close to her. His lips are like up against her neck. And I'm like, oh, yes, the enemies to lovers to the enemies to the lovers vibes are like here. <laughs> Welcome. But Why she's like, so neck in <laughs> like you do. <laughs> neck. <laughs> neck. <laughs> but yeah, she was like, nah, bitch. Fucking swerve. And I was like, okay, I like her. I am down for this bitch. It's a double C neck. <laughs> neck like you was that close thick neck <laughs> i'm so sorry gonna be stuck on that for a while okay. all right so jumping back into it so amelia leaves wrath in the cave that day to go to work in the kitchen but later visits the markets and when she goes to the market she runs into claudia who gave her condolences for her sister dying and then she told her about some strange dreams she was having and again like jada said i wrote this down because this might pertain to the next book or if maybe like i missed something in this book like help fill me in but claudia's dream was 
quote unquote, black wings and an empty pitcher being filled and refilled. You don't know either? No, the only thing I can think of is like archangel type shit, which may not even be close. It might have something to do with like Antonio. That's a good connection. I wanted him to be turned so bad, not in that way. So then Amelia hands Claudia Vittoria's diary and she knows that Claudia and her family kind of dabble in the dark arts. So she's like, can you help me unspell this? Because I really need to get into it. And as she does, she walks away and then hears a disembodied voice, which we don't connect until later. But that's important. Hold on to it. I just want to let you know, you literally just said she then hears a disembodied voice and I just heard a... I accidentally hit my table. No, it was before that. Mm, well, good. Uh, hello, Gerald. <laughs> Brooke has missed you. <laughs> I haven't heard from you since October. <laughs> okay, anyways. It's been a while. Amelia returns to Wrath later, and she brings in this, like, raggedy shirt that she bought him from the markets, and he was like, boo. And I was like, yeah, boo. It's <laughs> like, let's leave this man shirtless, like, a little while longer, please. He would like literally not put it on. And it was like this thing where they went back and forth for a while. And he says, does the sight of my bare skin get under yours? Did you have sinful thoughts about me last night? That's usually my brother's specialty, but fear not. We've all got bedroom talents. (laughs) Anna's over here dancing yet. Like in the last episode, she's like, I don't like cocky men. Um, I'm like, okay. There's a difference between cocky men and men who have a real cock, which is this Stephen <laughs> motherfucker right here, okay? <laughs> You're going to be eating your words in the next few books. Okay, I, just- I am perfectly happy if Daddy Dorian shows up. I just need him to show the fuck up. You guys <laughs> said he would, so I'm waiting. Right now, he just <laughs> looks like a little boy who has fucking urgency issues. Like, give me urgency. a fucking break. <laughs> Call right now. <laughs> we are like 18, 19 in the book. So like guys are douchebags at that age anyways. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not attracted to that. What I am attracted is daddy material. And this man fucking just like. Thousand year old demons. <laughs> the energy. <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs> they bicker back and forth for a little while about the whole shirt thing. And I'm like, wow, he's a little pretentious. I'm just like. At this point, I'm just like, I guess just put on the shirt or shut up. Someone needs to shut up because it went on for a while. (laughs) Realizing that this conversation wasn't getting her anywhere, Amelia starts straight into interrogation. She's like, who has my sister been bargaining with? And um, Wrath is like, pride, aka the devil. And she remembers back to when her sister said, I was summoning the devil. The whole spiel that Jada quoted to us in her segment about her marrying the devil that nobody took seriously. She asks him why she would agree to that. And he says, pride needs to marry in order to break a curse that was placed on him. And basically the curse is this. He needs a witch wife to break the curse. I almost said rich wife. And I was like, (laughs) here's my Libra ass. (laughs) Literally like SOS to the people who like, Felt like we shit on Leos, like we shat on Leos. Literally like all of throwing a glass when like we actually in real life shit on our own signs harder than anyone else. Go find yourself rich husband. <laughs> Says the Libra. <laughs> 
I love that bitch on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> so he needs a witch wife <laughs> to break the curse. If she says no, there will be punishment, basically. Kill her whole family type of shit. Wrath does not know who is killing all of these girls, and only Pride and Wrath know of the names and the, of the next witches chosen. So that's kind of all we have at this point. Honestly, Amelia throughout this whole book just draws a whole, like, a big fucking question mark <laughs> throughout the whole thing. She spins in circles and circles, and she's trying to, I mean, she is trying. She really is, but poor thing just doesn't get it till the end. Like, literally, I just hear, like, the internet explorer, like, going off in her head, like, all the time. She's trying her hardest to give her props, but good grief, she about destroys the world in the process. (laughs) Yeah. She decides to go to the monastery next for answers when someone calls her from an alleyway. He has black hair and animal-like green eyes. And all I could picture was literally, like, Jim Carrey the mask. That movie from like the 1990s. Have you ever seen that? I have. And you're like really ruining this for me. <laughs> I know. Well, see, I had a really hard time picturing envy and greed. And for whatever reason, envy like is pictured in my mind. Oh, fuck. No. 1990s, the mask. Is this how you guys feel when we like put shit into your brain that you've never thought of before like that i know we do often because you guys tell us because like this is not this is not how i wanted this to go i'm so sorry it's okay (laughs) he's supposed to be hot as hell and i'm like green face i mean i specifically remember myself being like wow envy sounds hot greed sounds hot lust sounds hot hot I had a hard time picturing all of them besides Wrath. And maybe it's just because I got fan art for Wrath. And, like, I can usually, like, put together images in my brain, I guess, if I don't have one already to set the standard. The rest of them, I just, like, could not. I'm just telling you, I envisioned lust, like, perfectly, I think. Like, I'm considering making my own fan art. Lust is literally Lucifer from Lucifer, the TV show for me. Yeah, a thousand percent. I I know what he looks like. Making washboard abs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Y'all have never seen me simp so hard before. This is probably why I was in the lead at the very last second. (laughs) So anyways, the mask, aka Envy, pops up and she finds herself like suddenly quite jealous of power demons had. And she was like, why can't I have this power? Why do demons get the power? And like, she wanted it so badly that it said she quote unquote burned with hatred. And I think it's very interesting that as she encounters envy, she starts having these envious thoughts. And so it starts to get like your own gears working. It's like, okay, so when she's around wrath, is she also kind of embodying some of his own personality traits? Like, is she more vengeful, more wrathful herself when she's around him? It's just, it never gets answered, but it's something to consider while reading the book and moving forward. I agree. Because she picks up on all these character traits of all these other demons throughout the book. And like, I will say there's a quote that I highlighted and it's when, let me see if I can find it really quickly. It's when her sister died and Wrath was in her presence, but had just left. And she looks at her sister and says, I swear on my life, I will make whoever did this pay. And I'm like, was it wrath? Like just his presence that was 
there previously or is that Victoria? Because I was kind of like talking to Brooke how I felt like Victoria is a very vengeful person. Like she sw- she flipped a switch and said, I will avenge my sister. You mean Amelia? I mean, Amelia. She flipped a switch. I'm drunk as hell, y'all. I'm blaming the recipe in this book. But um, she flipped a switch and was like, I'm going to make whoever did this pay. And he was there. However, he was gone by the time she made that statement. So it's like... It just has me confused. It's very, it's very interesting to think about. But it's cool. I, I like it. Because it's, it's never brought up. And I don't think she even considers it herself as being a possibility. But it's definitely something to consider. Because she's very angry in this book. And she spends most of her time with him. So she is like envious of all this power that the demons have. She's burning with hatred. And she took Envy's blade and almost stabbed herself in the chest just to make that feeling stop. That's how intense it was when this electric current pulsed from her tattoo and snapped her ass out of it. And I was like, shit, what's going on here? It's kind of like very Bond, you know, like the mating Bond. Mating Bond. I was kind of thinking that too, with better taste. A thousand percent. Ooh, the tattoo goes. So he tells her that she has something he wants and she says she won't give it to him. Her beating heart, which is what she thought it was because all of these other witches have their hearts ripped out and he's like, she's like, okay, is that what you want? He's like, no, but I imagined you'll end up giving that to my brother one day. And she's like, oof. And I'm like, oof. Oof. (laughs) He asks her to join his house and calls her unique. She says that she's not, and he says that it's been a while since anyone has seen a shadow witch. We don't know what this is yet, but very interesting. She's like a shadow witch. She declines his offer, and he tells her that things will be coming after her and leaves her with, pick a house to align yourself with or the decision will be made for you, which is kind of a theme throughout this whole book. And it's like, this quote like really resonated with me because I swear to God, and like, TV shows I've been watching, I have heard this quote over and over, make a decision or the decision will be made for you. And as a Libra, I was like, shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's like speaking to your very soul. Like, honestly, it's almost like the universe is trying to send you a message. I know. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Literally, like, don't like, make decisions. The, the spirits are like speaking to me right now. <laughs> Bitch, make a fucking decision. <laughs> About what? Because I question everything. <laughs> Bitch, I'm going to be so drunk by the second episode. I'm not even fucking play. Like, I'm actually fucking scared. Like, I say this every time. But I'm like, I'm just scared. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is, when you're drunk, you can't tell. Like, verbally, you can't tell that you're drunk. But, like, when I'm drunk, I'm like slurring everywhere. And you actually sound good. I'm like, fuck. Brick is like, I'm Stella Sassler. ASMR. ASMR, bitch. <laughs> so she was on her way to the monastery when Envy, when, well, maybe I'm drunk too. Okay. She was on her way to the monastery when something Envy said haunted her, that he wanted something from her. The cornicello, cornicello, how do you say that? I just call it the amulet because I can't say it, but cornicello. The, the little jalapeno pepper that they hang from their necks. <laughs> Fuck. I looked it up because I was like, what is that? Literally, you audiobook people are probably like, these bitches are fucking cringe. <laughs> yeah, if you're from audiobooks, I don't know how you handle our, pro- our podcast. I can't talk. 
because we butcher everything. <laughs> it's our, it's our, um, it's our charm at this point. It's our brand. <laughs> it is. The people who really? didn't like it left. Like they've already left, so it's fine. I really want to make a shirt with like the rice emoji and then like just dash and then just and i wish there was a sand emoji rice well, sand literally like we have good ideas for merch you know it may not be what everyone will wear but it's what our people would wear if you would merch. wear our merch let us know it's just that we don't want to heavily invest into something that you're not gonna wear <laughs> he wanted something from her and, like, she was, like, going through her head. She was like, okay, like, I had the necklace. I had Rath's dagger. Like, I was even there present. Like, everything was there that he could have possibly wanted, but he didn't take anything. So, like, what else do I have that he would have wanted? And then she's like, oh, shit, the diary. I'm like, the diary. <laughs> the diary. So she runs to Claudia's house and tells her that the wicked are here, and she thinks that it has something to do with the diary. <laughs> the diary. Just watching you trying to hold your lap. Sorry, I'm trying so hard. Uh, okay, so they discussed the curse. She and Claudia discussed the curse, and no one really knows for sure, but some think it's because the devil stole the first witch's firstborn child's soul. I'll say it again. <laughs> the first witch's firstborn child's soul. Check. I could process that. <laughs> So she cursed him, and he could never leave hell, and only when a witch sat on the throne beside him wearing the horns of Hades, he would get his full power back. And she's like, what, Dad? What are these horns? And then she can't really answer the question for her, so she just takes Victoria's diary back and leaves. That night, she looked under the floorboard again and found a gambling chip. And she didn't notice this before, but in Latin on the back, it said greed. So she writes down some more questions and theories about the spelled diary. And basically, she just doesn't know shit. The next day, she goes to the town gossip and asks him about the gambling chip. And he says it belongs to an exclusive club that changes location every night. And you need the chip to be able to get in. So then she just happened upon the building with the crown frog in the door, a.k.a. this, like, faint, mysterious humming was guiding her path. And I'm like, okay, things are getting, like, weirder. Mm -hmm. So she finds the exclusive club, gets in, and she, it, like, she realizes that it's, like, so packed. She's, like, having to push her way through all these people. And my pandemic ass is over here, like, what the fuck? This is so unsafe. Where are the masks and the social distancing? <laughs> Do you ever just watch like a television show and you're like, there's a pandemic going on. What are you doing? And then I realize like, wow, what is my life now? Yeah. It's like we've literally just been buried in this deep fucking pit that we can't get out of. I keep having like recurrent dreams of me forgetting my mask. Mm. You know, when you you like have those dreams, like where you forgot to wear underwear, like you're not wearing a bra. So you're like super self-conscious. For me, it's like lately it's been like me forgetting a mask. That's actually really funny. So the next day, she goes to the town gossip and asks him about... No, I've already done that. Also, it's a gambling hall. Yeah. So also, it's a gambling hall. So what better place for the demon of greed to reside? Like, it makes perfect sense. Like, greed would be in Vegas. <laughs> so anyways, two guards grab her and they bring her back into this office space in the back. And greed is sitting at the desk. He has auburn hair and rousset eyes. And all I'm thinking is like, that's literally how they described Lucian from Akatar. <laughs> Potatoes hunting my air. <laughs> 
he tempts her to join his house. Like, this is going to be a trend. Just get used to it. And she's like, nah. And he's like, to show you my good favor, I will answer one question for free. And she says, tell me about the Horn of Hades. And he says, it's a key that locks the gates of hell. She asks him another question. And he says that he's already answered one. And the rest would cost. And she says, well, (laughs) middle fingers. I technically didn't ask you a question yet. And I was like, the balls on this bitch is huge. I was so surprised. I was like, oh, that was so smart. It's so fire. I'm like, damn, like literally this bitch flipped a motherfucking switch. Like she went from zero to serial killer in two fucking seconds. I love it. From Hufflepuff to Slytherin. Like literally. No, but like. Dark-sided Slytherin, not the good Slytherins. However, I will say, like, there are some very dark Hufflepuffs out there. Hmm. Like, Hufflepuffs have the potential to turn and flip a switch if they really feel the need to, but it's mainly trauma that brings it on. I can see it. So she asks him, how do you break a demon spell that was cast on an object? And he is, like, pissed at this point because he's like you've shown me up like I'm a demon and you're this small little witch. Who the fuck do you think you are? But he has to answer her question because he needs to keep his word. And he answers, sacrifice a little of yourself. And she was like, that was a bullshit answer. And he was like, it's the truth. And she's like, whatever, and leaves. But before she leaves, he says, Victoria gave him her amulet and she, he needs hers to work a spell. And she's like, bitch, show it to me then. And he's like, no, this big ass snake has it below the cathedral. I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> she says, no deal, and goes to find her sister's necklace. First, before she goes to the cathedral to get the necklace, she goes back home, pricks her finger, and lets the blood drop on the diary to open it. The only important things that she finds in this diary is that her sister could hear magical objects calling to her. She found something in a cave that also calls to her and hid it where no one could find it. And the cornicellos, cornicellos, the little necklaces, are the devil's horns, like AKA the horns of Hades. Um, All these points are very important. Hold on to them. So then after that, she confronts Nona about the amulets, about being the Horn of Hades. Basically, Nona knew this whole time and confirms that they are the Horns of Hades and that they were separated. They needed to be separated because if brought together, they not only lock the gates of hell, but can summon pride himself. And they grant the summoner a little bit of power over the devil. Then Nona tells her what shadow witches are and basically... It's witches that are born from a line of witches that bang demons. So basically, they're like a watered-down half-breed of demons and witches. We need to come up with a name. Okay, a watered-down half-breed of demon and witches. Women. (laughs) W-I for witches and M-E-N. Witch miss? Women. Women. W-I from witches and (laughs) M-E-N. This is the best thing that I think we have ever fucking discovered on the booked and motherfucking boozy podcast that women are fucking demons. Okay, like that's why I'm like literally I will fuck a demon anytime. 
gentle lips met mine. He chanted, words were foreign, spells were cast, and he saved her. I'm laughing so hard, I almost threw up. Literally, like, you know, when you laugh so hard, it hits the back of your fucking uvula. From something to be hit in the back of her uvula. From the air pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't puke. Okay. Okay. This is the best scene in the fucking book, though. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so early on. It's so fucking funny. No, but honestly, like, this part, like, honestly, I got emotional, like, while I was reading it. I was like, why Why is he doing this? And I still don't know. We still don't know. There's no reason for him to sacrifice himself like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to be a sacrificer. Like, that is going to be his role, like, right now until Carrie gives us what we need. So I'm like, why? Why is he doing this? Because his signals are so mixed. Uh, But it's so good. And I have have an exact quote for that. Thank you. I remember. Okay, great. Okay, great. So several hours later, she awoke and remembered flashes of what happened. She remembers his tongue traced an invisible S on her neck, which is important for later. But then she also remembered the stream that she has. And I think it's important. Quote unquote, demon screeching, claws scraping, an unfamiliar woman with midnight eyes and fire in her soul cursing me. A city of fire and ice, an obsidian throne room, enormous gates crafted from bone and leathery wings bursting open, betrayal. My whole world. mouth is wide open. I'm waiting for her to say <laughs> My whole world went silent. I'm a little worried about that quote. I know. Me too. Betrayal? What does that mean? And why is there another woman? Um, yikes, 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 yikes. That kind of does play like some of my things that I have. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm interested. Interesting. So she asked him what his price was for saying saving her because an antidote for a snake bite came at a high price. He evaded her question, and then she asked why they weren't wearing clothes. And he said, because you ripped mine off like a hell beast in heat. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then he goes, and because the venom acts like ice and we use body heat and hot water to save you from hypothermia. <laughs> <laughs> and like, mind you, like the, he can't lie to her somehow, like with, with her, like summoning him, he can't lie to her. So she's taking everything that he says as fat. She Ooh. instantly regrets it. Then instead of thanking him, she whispered a containment spell that sent him away. And he looked hurt as he vanished into thin air. And my little heart was kind of hurting at this point because I was like, what the fuck? Like, she instantly regretted it and realized she literally says in the book she felt like her soul was safe safe with him and that she needed to find him. But I was like, what the fuck? How is that some way to, like, thank someone for saving your fucking life by banishing them? And he was thinking the same thing. I was like, that was a dick move. It was a dick move. And he felt like betrayed. He was obviously betrayed. Like when she found him, she found him in the cave in this little circle that she summoned him into. He was thankfully there. She had no idea what the fuck she was doing. She could have sent him anywhere. And he like looked obviously betrayed. 
And he was like, what got your panties in a twist? And she tells him that an invisible demon was following her and attacked her grandma. And he tells her about the Umbra demons, which are basically mercenary spies for particular houses in hell. She asks him if he will help her figure out who summoned pride. And he's like, only if you never use a containment spell on me again. And she's like, okay, if you promise not to hurt any witches. And he's like, I bet. And swears a blood oath to never harm a witch, nor force her into marriage with pride, and vowed to save souls and not take them. Holy fuck. Nor force her into a marriage with pride? I mean, technically he didn't. (sighs) Bitch, 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 bitch. What did you realize? Nor force her into a marriage with pride. That includes her. Yeah, well, technically he didn't force her. I know. That's the thing. He didn't stop her either. No, he didn't. Oh, my motherfuck. Okay, continue. So she throws the ratty shirt at him and she's like, put it on. We're going to go walk the streets of the city and I'm not going to walk with your naked ass. Don't need more attention drawn to me. And so while they're walking through the markets, he tells her the blood oath was to symbolize an olive branch to gain her trust. And I was like, okay, I'm really starting to like this guy. Like I already knew I was going to, but like he starts getting better and better and you really have hope for him. They reach the monastery and find the chamber where they found her sister's body. Rath uses his senses to see if his brothers had been at the scene. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird, but I'm gonna go with it. But he didn't like detect anything from him. He was like, they weren't here. She asked him why he was licking her sister's blood. And he was like, well, I was like testing it for remnants of his brothers. Like, because he like had no clue who's like killing these girls. And also like, it was to see if she had like aligned herself with any of the other houses, which she hadn't yet. Um, the fact that he could taste his brothers, though, like, that's nasty. <laughs> that's nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. Like, why do you know what your brothers taste like? But um, <laughs> that's a question for another day. Question Rath. mark. <laughs> Rath concluded that he didn't believe a demon was to blame for these attacks. He couldn't trace his brother's presences to the scenes and lesser demons usually go for the throat or the viscera and not the heart. So he was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. She then begins to suspect wrath and she grabs his dagger and aims it for his heart, demanding him to tell her why pride sent him or she would kill him. He tells her that a dagger to the heart would hurt, but wouldn't kill him and dared her to go ahead and try. And I was like, here is the trope that you've all been waiting for. Literally dagger to the heart, enemies to lovers, like the epitome of the famous trope. Jed is like squealing back there. I think she's muted herself because I can't hear. I'm trying so hard, bitches, to shut the fuck up. I'm just so drunk right now. It's not even funny. (laughs) Just as he, she was asking him to tell her about the curse, Antonio walks in. And Amelia, like, has to come up with this this excuse quick because it looks suspicious. It looks a little sus. And she says he he is a family friend visiting named Samael, which is interesting. For those of you who don't know, lots of people call the devil Samael. Like, apparently that was his name in heaven. So she says he's a family friend visiting named Samael, like I said. Interesting because it's what the devil's name in heaven was. And they were there to light a candle for Vittoria. It almost becomes this beef fest between the two men. And Antonio's like, where are you from? And Rath's like, 
I never said, but I wouldn't mind getting to know you better either, especially if you're such a good friend of my Amelia's. My Amelia's. And I was like, oh. And Amelia was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> like, damn. That it's always like that. When the guy, <laughs> it's always like when the guy like first like makes that first comment of like you knowing that you're his, not like mm. in a possessive like gross like gag kind of way, but like a she's mine, but we haven't established boundaries yet. But you want to be his, but like he hasn't been like you're my girlfriend. Like yes. it has slipped. It's like uh, one of those kind of moments. And she's like, okay. On that note, she grabs Antonio out. She like grabs him by the arm before a cat fight could start, and she tells him that they'll be done soon. Pride said that he would send word to meet the next bride tomorrow and they would try and figure everything out because they have no idea what's going on. She finds out that Antonio went and told her family she was out with a family friend. And when she confronted him the next day, he said he was worried and wanted to make sure she was safe because another girl had been murdered. And that's where this episode ends. This is our halfway checkpoint. How drunk are you, Jada? I'm a nine out of ten. Oh know? no! I'm not even gonna lie. Like honestly, like this is I. I know I'm like an eight or a nine because eight and a nine is a little foggy. Like my face is numb. My brain, like if I zone out and I stop talking for two seconds, it starts doing this numb thing where I feel like I'm outside my body. You know? Oh no! Kind of <laughs> like any. Yes, but let me tell you, bitches, I'm on one tonight. So if you're not here for part two, what the fuck are you doing? Okay. But Brooke, how drunk are you? I'm going to be honest. You're going to be real mad at me, but I'm like a four. Bitch, get drunker! (laughs) I am. I've been talking. I'm going to drink now. I'm going to finish this whole thing in your part. And then I'm going to be fucked because this thing is strong. Yes, I need you to be fucked with me. I don't want you throwing up, but I want like you to just be just on somewhere near my level because it doesn't matter how much I drink I always feel a little nauseous anyways so no don't say that I'm already a little nauseous and I'm only a four what the fuck is it because you're over 25 now you're 25 over 25 or because I have acid reflux I don't know what it is oh fuck bitch this is not good for our careers (laughs) it's fine I'm gonna do it anyways push through all right bitch what is your current read? So I finished Kingdom of the Wicked today, actually. So Kingdom of the Wicked was my current read today. However, tomorrow it's going to be Twilight. And bitches, this is my first read through. I'm 20 fucking five years old and I have never read or watched Twilight. So you guys are in for a millennial's first reaction to the Twilight series. This is a rare occurrence. I wouldn't say millennial, actually. We're like zillennials. We are very zillennials. Like, we are like right in the smack dad middle of Gen Z versus millennial. Like, there is no other true combination. And I feel like I'm a rare breed. So this will be very interesting. Pop back in next week. Well, actually, it'll be a few weeks for you. But um, pop back in in a few weeks. And we're going to be hitting up Twilight for Valentine's Day. I am so excited for Brooke to read Twilight because, of course... It is our podcast. I am also reading Twilight. I am not a Twilight virgin, okay? Like, bitches, I read it in the eighth grade. I don't know if you saw my Goodreads post, but I thought Jacob and fucking Edward were hot pieces of shit. And now, as my brain has evolved, I have learned the ways 
of my motherfucking kind. Women, aka demons with a W. All right. Um, <laughs> with the demons. I know that there are things that are wrong with this book. I know that I can trash this book like nobody fucking else. You guys don't even know. I am born to make fun of Twilight, and that's okay. I'm going to live my life's purpose purpose next week, and you guys are going to fucking get to live through it with us. If that doesn't make you want to read Twilight, I don't know what does. I'm just so excited. Watch me love. Watch me love this. And you're like, no, bitch. No, bitch. I'm not even going to act like I didn't love it when I first read it. I loved it. I still watch the movies on an annual basis because I'm a nostalgic ass bitch, AKA my Pisces. But there are some very wrong things with this book and I'm going to hammer it hard. So fucking hard. I'm going to make it call me daddy. Okay. Like that's just the truth, man. You guys make me nervous. I see like a bunch of people like on TikTok and stuff like making fun of this book. I saw Jada's Goodreads. There was one TikTok she made. She was like, what is one book that you read when you were younger that makes you cringe to even think about picking it up? And she goes, um, Twilight. (laughs) I'm like, fuck. Yeah. But my other current read is legendary. I have officially decided to read, um, the second book in the Caravelle series along with Twilight. Um, just because the first book in care, like of Caravelle was so good. I can't just keep putting it off. I really want to finish King's Bane. You know how I know I'm drunk is because everything is double vision right now. Oh no! When I'm looking at, I'm turning around to look at my bookshelf and um, it's taking me a second to hyper focus. But the second book in King's Bane, I stopped reading because I saw a spoiler and we just sent our, one of our best friends and she's been on the podcast uh, for Heartless, uh, Allie tipsy book talks bitch you know who you are we sent her for her birthday the trilogy of fury born and i stopped reading it due to a pinterest scare during king's bane like right to the very end and i told her bitch when you start reading it and you catch up i'm gonna finish with you because like this is importante so i decided while i'm waiting for her to finish that i'm going to read legendary which is the Caravelle series is good in itself, but just FYI. Yeah, tell me about that because I've heard everybody rave about Caravelle, but like literally carnivals are like my number one, like would not read that setting. It's a very magical book. And I think that you would like the writing because the author compares colors a lot to like how she's feeling and what's going on in the book and not in a cringy way. Like I really understand with an author compares auras in the book, like because like seeing colors, I really emanate with what's actually happening. And I think we get that a lot in Caravelle. And the writing is just so beautiful that I can't help but notice it. And it's not in a cringy way. I mean, there are some quotes in Caravelle that I have pulled out that like are one of my all-time favorite quotes. So I think you would really enjoy the writing style. I just, the carnival part, it's not a typical carnival. It is very much made its own. So I think that you might be able to get past that part and actually read it. I'll take that into consideration because we did get requested that to do that this year. Our girl, Miriam. Hi, girl. What's up? I know you're listening to this right now. Um, hopefully you're reading A Kingdom of the Wicked. And if it takes you some time, we really appreciate you in our DMs. We love you. I love you. 
right. Well, that was the end of the pod, the first episode of the podcast. Stay tuned for next week for part two when we have the book discussion, Kill Mary Fuck, and of course the book banter. We're going strong. Jade and I are going ahead and heading straight into part two. So you know it's going to be a good time because you know our booze scales already. <laughs> I'm off the charts, bitches. But our socials, bookedandboozy at gmail.com. If you have a request, go ahead and send it. You know where to find us in our Instagram DMs if you want to contact us there. Also, our Insta and YouTube are Booked and Boozy Podcasts. And our Twitter, TikTok, and motherfucking Patreon, you naughty ass bitches, are Booked and Boozy. Bye, bitch. Bye, wit. Witch. By women. <laughs> demon women. <laughs> Witchy woman. <laughs> Witchy demon women. <laughs>